Welcome to Resilience Unraveled. Hi everybody and welcome to Resilience Unraveled, a podcast that examines all aspects of personal and organisational resilience. A huge all-encompassing subject that covers the ability to thrive in life by harnessing your cognitive, emotional, physiological and contextual abilities. I share stories from people who have thrived despite remarkable obstacles, as well as highly successful practitioners and experts across a range of topics. And this podcast introduces their amazing stories and expertise, as well as my own reflections, perspectives, strategies and tips, which come from my own synthesis of themes and trends from wider learning. You can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and eBooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Space Unraveled. So, let's get started. Enjoy the show. Good day and welcome back to Resilience Unraveled. And today with me, Michelle Quay, who's sitting smilingly looking at me from a very exotic looking place somewhere in the world. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Good morning, Russell. Good morning. Good night are, for you. It's uh, oh yes. Where where are you in the middle of the world? I am in currently in Los Angeles, California. Uh-huh. The sunny state of everything that's happening. We have beautiful beach and mountain. Uh, but I grew up in Taiwan, so I am an immigrant to America, and I came to America when I was fifteen. Wow. So interesting times at the moment. Uh, yes, it was uh, during a period of transition. I, I think we go through stages in our life and there's different um, uh, uh, stages where we're constantly moving and changing, just like yes. a growing tree. A lot of time I think of the, our, our life as the growing tree. Yeah. We go through different phases. That's true. And I love Taiwan because we've been there a couple of times. So it's an absolutely okay. fantastic place. So uh, wonderfully warm and friendly pe- people. So um you seem to be the same person. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Michelle. Yes. So I am currently working as a visibility coach. I have a certification in life coaching, and I'm also a public speaker, author, and I'm also a clinical pharmacist. So I wear multiple hats. And I always struggle when people say, can you just introduce yourself? And it's hard for me to describe myself. So I describe myself as energizing bunny. I just keep going. Isn't, isn't that phrase being stolen by Duracell? Isn't that the actual phrase, the energizing bunny? <laughs> and, and that's exactly who I am. I'm energizing hey. bunny. I just keep going. Fantastic. Well, tell us about a bit about your journey. Where, what, what, what's your life been about? Yeah. So my journey began, I would say my, my biggest milestone is hiking and checking off uh, Machu Picchu. And, and the reason why I started to have this idea of I wanted to hike Machu Picchu really goes way back when I was 11 years old. I had a car accident that causes a permanent damage to my legs. So I'm currently four feet, four inches tall. I walk with crutches. Yeah. And so something, someone like me, how can I possibly think ever to hike Machu Picchu? You know, a lot of people put that into their bucket list and they never got a chance to check it out. But I had the idea of, you know what, if other people can do it, I want to be able to do it too. 
Um, so I had that on my bucket list. I decided in 2016 to actually buy myself a ticket, flew myself to Peru, and I hiked through Machu Picchu. Wow. But, but growing that, growing, I, I think one of the things that I have learned is that, you know, growing up, I always felt that I didn't belong in this planet. Right. And, and that a lot of it came from the fact that I don't feel good about myself. I always see myself as not normal. Um, someone who doesn't see themselves as normal, there's a lot of judgment that was involved, uh, self-criticism that was happening to, to myself. I constantly put myself down every time I want to try something new. Mm. And so growing up, it was pretty challenging because when I, when I really go out, I stand out the way that I look. Um, I remember when I was during the recovery time um, after the accident, I was given a pair of metal brace to wear and that metal brace was attached to a really ugly pair of shoes uh, that I had nowhere of finding things to match with it. Yeah. And, you know, I was 15 years old. So I was really struggling with that body image of just feeling good about myself and feeling like I, I actually belong among my peers, among my friends, I can talk to them. And I didn't have a way of communicating with them because Back then, I didn't speak English at all. I, when I came from Taiwan, I didn't know how to converse with people. I didn't know how to express who I am about myself. Um, so there's a lot of just holding back and feeling not belonging to anywhere. Yes. I felt like an outcast. Wow. And so I mean, that, that's, that, that's interesting because I think a lot of people have... Not, not exactly the same as that, but they have this idea of imposter syndrome or not belonging or whatever. And then you need to get to this point of self-acceptance, don't you? So, so was that the same for you? What, what, tell me a bit about that journey for yourself. Yeah, I think the self-acceptance started to come into play in my life later. Like when I reached to the point where I'm trying to figure out who I am mm. and while having a relationship with others. Um, so I remember when I was in my 30s, I started to wanted to go into the dating world to have more interaction with the opposite sex. And every time we go out to, to date, it almost felt like I was looking for validation from someone to like me for who I am. Yeah. But I had this big question mark of exactly who am I? And so I was on the search of finding that self-identity while trying to fit into the piece of the puzzle to be considered as the normal people. Um, and through that journey, I realized that there's, in order to find yourself, it's not something that you find or seek from elsewhere. It's not something external. It's really the journey you go inward. And, and that was like one of my aha moments when I was sitting on the curbside one day, I was just crying for no reason. And I was looking around me and feeling lost, completely lost. I didn't know who I was. I was trying doing a lot of people pleasing uh, things. I would dress up pretending that I'm normal. I would uh, go, go out doing activity, go to the gym. There's a lot of things I was trying to do, just seeking that outside validation that, oh yeah, Michelle is part of this. But deep inside, there's that empty hole that I was trying to fill. So I never felt really complete. And that was the moment where I realized that 
you there's nobody coming to save me there's no one outside of me who's going to going to come and save me yes i have to save myself now that's interesting because you used the phrase earlier about finding yourself and i often mm-hmm. i often hear people using this term and i wonder if finding yourself is the real thing as if you exist but you just don't know where you are and where to look for yourself but I just wonder whether you actually create yourself or recreate yourself in, you know, as you want to be, irrespective of an external validatory point. I, I don't Validation. I don't think finding ourselves, and this is a common mistake that a lot of people and, and many of us make, and including myself, that finding yourself it's an activity, a verb that you do outside of you. What I truly believe, and now that I realize it, is that. Your, your being is naturally happening. You already are. You are. Yeah. And so there's no doubt that you are perfect. You are brave. You are beautiful. But it's our, our overall consciousness that waking up to that moment of realizing that who you are is already happening. It's already perfect. And there's a story, um, this is a tale that passed down in Thailand. This is uh, uh, the story about the Golden Buddha. I'm not sure if you have heard of it, but it's a story about a Golden Buddha at a monastery. So there's years ago, um, there was a village where the villagers heard that the neighboring soldier were coming to invade the, the monastery. So in order to protect the Golden Buddha, the villagers decided to cover the golden Buddha with concrete. So it becomes a stone Buddha. And as years pass, no one ever remembered there was ever a golden Buddha. Mm. Until one day, a monk decided to sit on the stone Buddha to meditate. So he sat there and we all know what happened when we meditate, we sit down, we get distracted. And of course the monk is no exception. He noticed that there's a crack on the concrete. So he started chiseling it away and what he saw was gold. He got so excited, he rushed back to the village and gathered more people from the village to come out and everyone started chipping pieces of it away, pieces by pieces until they see the restored beauty, the Mm. golden Buddha. Mm. And so I believe that none of us are really finding anything at all outside of us. The golden Buddha has always been there and that you are golden. So, and it's a beautiful um, metaphor, isn't it? Um, so what, in, in, if, we, if, if you're saying that we start golden and somehow we get covered up, what, what's, the thing that, what's the thing that covers us up? What's the thing that hides our goldenness? There, there's a lot of things that happen in life. Um, events, injuries, trauma, divorce, any type of, um, life event that happened, it, 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 we're trying to protect ourselves. So we cover ourselves with this concrete in order to survive, to be able to continue on living. Um, so for whatever reason, usually it's due to a life tragic life event or just small life event. So for example, COVID pandemic, that causes a lot of people in order to protect themselves they have to withdraw from the society. They have to retract and retreat and dissociate from a lot of things that they used to care for. 
And, and when, when people do that, they feel they go into that victim mindset of things happen to me, things always happen to me, and only the bad thing will happen to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So, so, oh, it's interesting. So, so part of it is what we're saying to ourselves as well, is it? Is it that sort of inner voice thing that many people talk about? Yes. And, and I think the way that we speak to ourselves, the way we create these stories in our mind, that creates a lot of resistance and fighting that we have to put, put, go through, um, whether it's our relationship with other or with ourselves. The story that we're living in, the story that we're telling ourselves, they matter. Yes. I, well, I totally agree with that. I think part of the part of the challenge is to recreate your own narrative, isn't it? It's, um, yes. And sometimes, yes, it, it, it's interesting, isn't it? I've got so many questions. Um, yeah. Okay. So that, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. So, um, so you talk a little bit about the concept of becoming and unbecoming. Is, is this, is this, is, is this part of the process you're describing? Yes. So, so we have under the impression that, you know, we have to become something in order to be something. Mm -hmm. But in reality, you know, going back to the story of the golden Buddha, there's nothing that you need to become. You already are, you already is. And it's the realization that all these beliefs and um, societal constructs or limiting belief that we pick up as we're going through our life journey, those, a lot of them do not belong to us. Like how, who, there, there's that unconscious bias about a woman, what, how a woman should be, how should a woman dress, how should a woman behave? All these are external limitation that plays upon a woman on how, do you, how you should behave, who you should be talking to, how you should act and speak at a table. The, the less voice that you have at a table, the better you are. But who created that construct? Not me, right? I, I am perfectly just the way I am. I have a voice, I have opinion, and when appropriate, and when being asked, I will share my expression and my voice at the table. And I demand a table when I need to have a place. Mm. And so, so it's about unbecoming. It's not becoming. Becoming is something to me, it, it sounds like uh, uh, someone had this expectation and you need to follow through in order to become and fit in that expectation. The unbecoming is really coming from realizing that who you are deep at the core, the value that you hold in your life, the beliefs that you have, and how you want to show up. And when you start stepping inward and bring that inwardness out, it, it almost feels like a butterfly coming off from the cocoon and, yeah. and you're just beautiful as it is. So, so you're not saying you be you. So you're saying you're not becoming the external version of yourself. What you're saying is you are becoming the internal version of yourself. Assuming that, that the internal version of yourself is gold, because not everyone is perfect underneath. There are many people in the world who are perhaps born not not of gold. So, so how does how does that how does that work? I believe, so I, I am totally an optimistic and I believe everyone were born perfect. There's not a single soul on this planet who are imperfect or not perfect. Every one of us 
you, me, we're all sitting here. We are perfect. And who the perfectness, the definition of perfectness is something that was that exists outside of us that people are placing and, and, and help us to understand. Our human brain does not comprehend and do not understand anything that is not labeled. When we see a tree, until you give it a name, a tree, a human brain cannot comprehend that that is a tree. So we learn these words, we pick up all these words and, and phrases and language and stories because we were trained to give meaning to the things that we do not understand. Yeah. So the fact that being perfect is actually something that someone else had defined it for us. So my, my principle and theory is that we need to redefine that perfection. We need to redefine that perfectness because you are already perfect for who you are, who you are at this very moment. But there are people in life who are actually perfectionists and um so you're saying that that desire to be perfectionist which comes from within is actually perfect for them yes because everyone is on a journey right so so if we're trying to strive for being a perfectionist it, it means that there's a desire that's deep inside of us we wanted to accomplish so if we take out the negativity, if we take out the, the connotation that being a perfectionist is something that's bad, something that's negative. Being a perfectionist it just means that you want to make sure that what you present, when you present yourself, you are the best version of who you are. And so the idea of being a perfectionist is not a bad thing. We, we tend, our mind tend to think that that's a bad thing, but in reality, uh, being a perfectionist, actually, they're they're just doing things at their best. But, so and, instead and, of showing up, and that's and that and I get you, and I think that makes a lot of sense. But the problem is that a lot of perfectionists experience anxiety because they can't live up to their own perception of themselves. Yeah. So so there's a there's a discrepancy in terms of um, coming to realization that my perfectionist is perfect versus my perfectionist is really causing me to feel debilitated, to feel anxious, right? It's how our relationship, our own relationship to the word and to the expectation was setting forth. So uh, there's a belief, the belief will cause us some emotion. So what is your relation to that belief and to that thinking mind? And what does that bring to you? Right. So so I think it's really important for women and, and for men, you know, sometimes we don't talk about it, but men, they, they're striving for perfection as well. Um, so it's really important for all of us to understand that, you know, sometimes you're just going to do you, you even when you do 50 percent as a perfectionist, you're already perfect. <laughs> yes. no, 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 Compared I... to other people. Right. No, other no. people who's only got zero percent. I mean, I get that because you're defining your own measurement and your own scale and your, exactly. what you're saying is as soon as you cut it off from the external world, you don't measure it against anybody else. So whoever and however you are is perfection for yourself. That's what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah. The, and, the, and it's the story come, that we tell. Well, yeah. but it, and and I, I, I think that's a great way of starting to think about self-acceptance. It makes a lot of sense. The issue is, the trouble is we don't live. We're very social and we don't live on our own. And so actually we do butt up against other people and situations. So we have the chance to compare ourselves against other people. And I think that's where the, the fragile self-esteem 
mm-hmm. can break down, can't it? This this and the self acceptance can sort of break down. But you're right; it's all it's all about the 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 perception of ourselves as compared to somebody else. And you're not you're not saying that that doesn't matter at all, but you're just saying it matters less than most people think. Is that right? Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, it's a story that we tell ourselves. And, and I always use that analogy of flipping the coin. Like any thoughts about perfectionism, you, you wanting to be perfect, you, you have the choices of flipping the coin. And with the coin, there's the heads and there's the tail and you get 50-50. So you can, you can think more empower, more empowering thoughts about, you know what, this is good. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm going to call it a day. I'm happy with it. Let it go and see what happened comes out. That's one, one aspect, the 50% aspect. And the other 50% would be, I'm going to hold on to that idea so tight. I don't know how people are gonna think, you know, I, what if I fail? What if I don't succeed? That is also a choice. So we all have the choices of making, flipping that coin and have that 50-50 chance of thinking it differently. And when you do, the, depending on which perception that you have, your outcome will be very different. And, and most of us probably have experiences sometime in our life that when you flip the point and thinking that I'm going to fail, chances are you're going to fail, right? The energy, light energy attracts the light energy. So if you think you're going to fail, chances are you will be failing. Hmm. But if you just flip the coin and give it a chance and be open-minded and see and ask yourself, what can I learn from this experience? Then perhaps a failure is not a failure. Mm. A failure is actually an opportunity to learn something so, from it. Um, there's some old NLP phrase about there's no such thing as failure, only feedback, isn't there? So it, yeah. that's sort of what you're saying, I'm guessing, isn't it? And, and so you can never fail, in other words. Yes, except if you fail your own perception of yourself. Well, that depends on how people define their own failure, right? What, who, who, there's no test that I'm going to measure you, Russell, today. I'm going to grade you based on your overall performance today. And if you hit Please below don't. 60, <laughs> if you hit below 60, I'm going to fail you. Hey. <laughs> right? Luckily, have- I don't care because I think I'm perfect. So that's absolutely fine. <laughs> you and I both. <laughs> Well, look, as long as you and I are perfect, that's all that matters. Um, <laughs> no, and, I understand that what you're doing is you're illustrating perfectly there that somebody else's view of you. But, but, but you have to engage with the world. This is where resilience comes, because there will be external failures, but that doesn't have to create an internal failure, doesn't it? If your mindset is such that you turn that uh, response into some sort of practical value. I think that's what mm-hmm. you're saying in terms of choices. Yes. And, and you're continuously running into people who, who love to compare. They're, they're just existing to compare how well, they we all, are, we how all you compare are. We all do. Yeah, it's a human <laughs> thing, isn't it? Thank goodness sake, we find patterns in everything. So we're going to find patterns in performance here. Yeah. Um, I, I, lo- I, I love your philosophy. I think it's a really uh, interesting way of thinking about things. And I suppose you take this into your life coaching, do you, with, with clients and your you're helping them look at these sort of beliefs and reset them, I guess. Yeah. Um, so a lot of what I do has been helping women to step out of their comfort zone to really be visible in, in their business. And a lot of a lot of what they're experiencing is 
I don't know if I write something, write copies or article or video, how the other, the, the rest of the world is going to perceive it. Is it meaningful? Is it powerful? Is it impactful? So there's a lot of, they're running through a lot of self-judgment in their mind before they even complete their work. Yeah. And so I feel that, you know, being a perfectionist and I'm a recovered perfectionist, um, I, I feel that the only way that you're going to find out how people are judging you or know and talk about you is that you just put out your work and see what happens. Yes, and you don't get, have to get utterly bent out of shape. And do, you think, it, it, yeah. do, you think, do you think, though, that, we, that there, are, there are a lot of people out there who've not learned that lesson? And so what, what's, this, what's the first thing or the simplest thing they can do to, to, to make a start towards inner peace? The first step would be to stop comparing yourself. A lot of us, you know, we compare ourselves to someone who's like way advanced. They're, they're like maybe 10 years or 20 years ahead of you. You, you got to pick someone on your own size, right? I, yeah. I'm four feet, four inches tall. So I am not going to pick someone who's uh, six feet tall. I'm going to pick on someone who's four feet, four inches tall. Same height so that we can be on the same eye level. So when we're comparing our work, stop comparing your work. You are just a beginner or starter. So try it out and see what happens. That's number one, stop comparing. Mm -hmm. And number two is to, to really rephrase or retell the story that you're telling yourself right now. Like perhaps you know, that story is that I'm not good enough, I, I don't feel good enough, I don't feel confident enough. Well, what if you just use this as an opportunity, as a lesson to learn? You know, life is a university and you're in the university right now. How are you gonna learn anything? You try it out and, and you see what happens. You'll like it. Some people will like you. Some people will, don't like you. And there's nothing you can do about that. Right? You know what? You you, you've, you've cheered me up no end. And it's lovely to hear um, the positive psychology school being better represented by you than I've heard it for ages. So that's absolutely fantastic. So if people want to find out more about you, Michelle, and um, find out more about your work and what you do and how, you, how much what you get on with, how will they find you? Tell us more. Tell us more. <laughs> so if they go to my website, they will have everything to my social media links and chat with me at elevatelifecoaching.org. Right. So that's elevatelifecoaching.org. All one word. All one word. Wow. That's a lot of typing. <laughs> but that's perfect, as we both know. So um, that's actually brilliant. So thank you so much for spending time with us today. I hope everybody rushes over to your site and... Um, and people that need your philosophy and hear, need to hear your message uh, link up with you because it's certainly, it's certainly very refreshing, I say, say. So that's great. Thank you so much. I had a, I had a blast talking to you. I, I feel we can talk more. <laughs> we could, but sadly, I have to be respectful of your time. So uh, you take care. Hi, everybody. I hope you found that episode useful and interesting. Feedback is always welcomed, and if you are in the mood to subscribe to us or even leave a comment on iTunes or Stitcher, that would be amazing. If you want to suggest ideas or even people you would like me to interview, then reach out to us at qedod.com forward slash contact. As I said earlier, you can go to qedod.com forward slash podcast for show notes or follow the links. And you can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and ebooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, 
you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Unraveled. I look forward to being in your ear next time around. Take care.